Good evening. Yes, let me uh, pray. Father, we just thank you. We just praise your holy name. Just pray that you would just bless. Bless us, Lord. Guide us. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So, um, just got to uh, say, I I heard, and I, I just want to give uh, a tribute. A great man of God passed away, Charles Stanley. I started listening to him when I first became a Christian. And I've just got to give credit where credit is due. He was genuine, not one of these political, whatever. Anyway, he was genuine. He was a real man of the uncompromising. No, he was preaching the kingdom. No, he wasn't preaching saving the Titanic. He was preaching, let's get everybody into the lifeboats called Jesus. So a genuine man of God, 90 years old. I just found that out today. And I just want to give my tribute because he was, I, he contributed a great, I would have loved to have met him, contributed a great deal to me when I first became a Christian. So um, praise God. Um, I want to, uh, we're on the subject of coping. And I have talked about uh, all things work together for good. I'm going to talk about it again today, but I'm going to talk about it in a larger context. I'm going to start from um, Romans 8, 26, 27, 28. In the same way, the spirit also helps our weaknesses. Okay, so also the spirit also helps us in coping. For we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit in himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Sometimes you don't want to pray when something happens. Why is that? Because you feel hopeless. Clearly, the Spirit, there's always hope in the Spirit. Let me read them. There's something that every Christian... Every person should know this scripture. Very, very, very important. Right, this scripture. So I want everybody to take this one down. Um, tell me a lot. Romans 15, verse 13, I'm going to. So Romans 15, verse 13. Now may the God of hope. So it's called now. God's name is being affixed to hope, fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So may the God of all hope abound in hope. When do you need to abound in hope? When the situation seems hopeless. Understand one thing. You're never hopeless. This is why people try to hurt themselves. I know because I did. You're never hopeless. The situation may seem hopeless, but a hopeless, a seemingly hopeless situation. What is that a situation for? The God of all hope. Okay, so getting back to my text. In the same way, the spirit also helps our weaknesses, for we do not know how to pray as we should in hopeless situations. That's my annotation there. But this my addition, but the spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts, look, 
knows that the mind, what the mind of the spirit is, because he intercedes for saints according to the will of God. Here's one. You can never, ever say. You can never, ever say. Nobody knows what I'm going through. Nobody, because God has said right there, he does. He searches your heart and your mind. Yes, he does. I know. I know many times in my life, even as a child, I felt nobody knows what I was going to. It's a horrible place to be in. But let me tell you something. For a Christian, that's a lie from the pit of hell that Satan wants you to believe. He is there. And think about it, right? That fits right in with he will never leave you nor forsake you. He's right there. And of course, the hopeless situation, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego went in. And some would say, what's that name of that Marilyn Monroe song? Some like it's foot movie. Some like it hot, right? I mean, right? Some like it hot. That's a perfect one for that situation, right? But God came in and he cooled it down. And then, then look how this leads then. So if God does all of that, God does all of that, then we should know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. So look what I've just said. God is searching the, the mind. God knows when you're feeling like you're in a hopeless situation. There is never any, any, any hopelessness for a Christian, but the God of all hope, that Romans 15 verse 13 that we just went to, right? He is with you in this stressful situation. And look what he says right at the beginning. And we know, right? And we know this is at the beginning of the situation. You've got to remember this. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good. So anybody who is in the front end or I'm saying going in or is in the middle of, you might be in it. There's some people in their problems, right? You're, some people are toe deep. Some people are shin deep. Some people are knee deep. Some people are neck deep. Some people, right, it's up over your head but it doesn't matter is what that matters is you know regardless of how deep you are in it that god causes all things to work together for good understand not chance not happenstance you're not in vegas now god doesn't play vegas with anybody's life you know play that machine. No, God always plays the definite odd, right? God is not a bookie. He is not a bookie, right? So, and we know, not and we think so. There's a, something that a lot of people say in our society, I guess, no, God doesn't guess. No, 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 no. And we know that God is the thing, causes 
So God orchestrates. Anybody listen to, to uh, um, any form of music, especially like classical music, music, great orchestras, the Vienna Philharmonic, London Philharmonic, even the, 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 the uh, Boston Philharmonic, uh, uh, great orchestra. You know, when you are an orchestra, there's gotta be some orchestration going on. Meaning that there is conducting, there is when tempo, when to come in, when this one stops, right? You know, that's what God is doing in our situation. That's what I mean. So God isn't doing this. Oh, blow on that dice. No, 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 no. That's chance. No. God has got everything contained. And we know that God causes what comes after a cause, an effect. An effect. God causes. Let me tell you when you blow on the dice, let me tell you all that you have is the effect. You have no idea of the core. You have you're not in charge of the core. So all you get is the effect that could be anything. That's called a gamble. That's not what I'm talking about now. I am talking about God is orchestrating, right? Orchestrating the cause in order to bring a certain effect, meaning God is now in charge of the outcome, right? God is in charge of the outcome. You know, when we hear music, it's melodious. Why? Because it's been orchestrated, right? It has been orchestrated. That's why it's melodious. That's why there's a melody, right? Right. And so God is the same way with the outcome of your life. Because he's saying that all things now are going to work together for your good. Understand one thing. All things are not good, right? All things are not good, but they're going to work together for your good. People have had surgery, and I had my surgery to remove that cancer. That's not good, right? I mean, it is not good having your neck cut open. You know why? You know it's not good. If you see the amount of documentation that they gave me to sign, right? I mean, you see the amount, oh, yeah, you could have brain damage. Well, clearly. That is not good, but the surgery, seven hours or whatever it was, was meant to work together for good. Clearly, what many people are in now is not good, but it's to work together for good, right? It is to work together for good. Here's the problem with coping. 
is you are not meant to focus on the surgery that God is doing. You're meant to focus on the outcome. All things work together for good. And God's way of surgery is different with different people. God knows what you need, right? God, but God, God always creates a melody, meaning it's always orchestrated. So it's not left to happenstance. We know, we know that God is the cause and causes all things to work together for good or all things to work together for a good outcome. So if you are not coping with a situation, it's because you're not looking at the outcome. You're being overwhelmed by the circumstances. You have to focus on the outcome, really. Someone, my son being in school, I'm always telling him, focus on the outcome. You just focus on all of the work. He is in a very challenging program. You know, it can almost seem insurmountable. Oh, nine, 10 hour study every day on the weekend. Actually, he's just, he's, he's about to go into his uh, uh, final exam. He's gonna be all done with his first year, next year. But he's got through it, not having any time. His girlfriend, not, he hasn't been back since. Ali having any time, been over there. and said, leave early in the morning, come back late at night. And again, focus on the outcome, why you're doing it. If you just focus on that you're doing it without why you're doing it, that can actually crush you. You've got to focus on the outcome. Don't focus on your situation. Don't focus on your situation. Focus on the outcome of it. Don't focus on the illness. Don't focus on the relational problem. Focus on the outcome. You know, I love the, the, the prodigal son's father. He gave him the, the inheritance. But clearly that was someone who focused on the outcome because when he came back, it was joyous, right? It clearly wasn't joyous in giving him the inheritance, but he focused on the outcome. Now he's back through a party. Hey, let's kill the fatted calf. Yeah, let's have a party. The son is back. If he were focused on, I wonder what he's doing. Oh, my word. I wonder if he's sleeping. Oh, I wonder. There are robbers out there. Who knows? I wonder, he could be sick. He, no. You have to focus on the outcome. You can't focus on the bad. Because when he says God causes all things to work together for good, clearly they're bad at one time. They are bad in order for them to become good. Whatever God does, he transitions bad things into a good outcome, right? And that's what we have to focus on. And that's what Paul is saying. And we know that God causes all things. And everybody has different things. Everybody has different things. 
Most people on this line probably will never ever be diagnosed with cancer, right? That's my thing. But you've got things that you may be diagnosed, and it may not be a health problem. It may be something else, but it doesn't matter because it's a thing. It's one of the things that Paul says all things. And this is a coping statement, knowing that all things work together for good, not knowing, not knowing, and let's just leaving them to happenstance. Wow, <laughs> I don't know the effect. I don't know what the outcome is going to be. That, now that is difficult to cope with. But knowing that God who created the universe would not all of the things that you would go through, right? And so as I said, God is not a bookie who is, yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for the best too. Yeah, he's not doing that. God is not taking any odds. No, the odds are that all things work together for good. There are no odds in that. There are no odds in that. There are no sides to be against because it's all working together for good, right? There's only one outcome, no possible outcomes. God does not leave room for mistakes. There's no wiggle room when it comes to God. So your thing is part of the all things and you should know. And if you don't know, you've got to know because this and we know that's that's the same no when he talks about an Adam knew his wife. It's the same word, no. It's the same word that we get no from. No is the root word for knowledge, knowing. It's the same thing. It's knowing God, knowing that all things work together for good. That's what gives you the ability to cope. It's knowing. It's not having odds. I'm hoping. God, I remember when we were kids. I'm trying to cross my toes too. No, it doesn't matter. You could be a contortionist and be able to cross your body. It's not going to change the odds. No, it's knowing that God causes all these things to work together for good. Because God knows what's in your mind. God also enables you. This is what he's saying. In the same way, the spirit also helps in our weaknesses. We are weak when we're unable to cope with something or we feel that we are unable to cope. But God initiates the ability to pray so that we can cope. And we, once we do, that should give us a sense of hope inside of our spirits to know that all things will work together for the good. To those who love God, got to love God, of course, got to love God, got to stipulate that because this, you gotta be on God's purpose. You, God blesses people who are trying to do his work. I am telling you, if you are in the middle of something right now, right, and you are doing God's, this is going to work together for good. Really, you can take that to the bank. Tell you, this is gonna, going to work together 
for good. In fact, actually, it's a necessary part of the process. Anybody who thinks, I'm going to be with God and don't want to go through anything, it's not possible because you need these things to grow, to become the person that God wants you to become. And look at the person that God wants you to become. For those who are called the conscious spirit, for those who, whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son, so that he will be the firstborn amongst many brethren. And those who he predestined, he also called. And these he we called, he also justified. And who he justified, he also glorified. Glorification comes later. So what a problem should also do like this is also let you know too that God is at work. So here's the thing. I don't care what your problem is. Nothing is bigger than God. And that's what you have to see. Anytime people have difficulty in coping, they look at their problem bigger than God. They magnify their problem and they reduce their God, right? They make their problem the mountain and their God the molehill. No, we got to know that God is the one who is deliberately causing, who's definitely causing and deliberately causing all things to work together for good. It's definite and it's deliberate, right? And it produces this result of you becoming more and more like the Lord Jesus Christ. God is at work producing in you a greater weight of glory. And he is the God of all hope. He wants you to be hopeful in this. This is why Paul said, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Why would Paul say that? Because Paul is saying that there is no time that God is not at work for, for you. So yeah, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. You may say that about your employer. No, your employer is not always at work for you. I'm not saying you don't have a good employer, but he is not at work for you the way that your God is at work for you. You know, really, he is not able, right, to shape you the way that your God is able to shape you. This is all part of the plan, and it's a good plan, even when the process does not seem good. Clearly, being th thrown into a fiery furnace, that is not a good process in anybody's books. Even a sadomasochist, is, oh my word, that is not a good process. So that is not a good process in anybody's book. But the outcome is always good. Everything that David went to, not a good process in anybody's books. Being blinded, struck down on the road to Damascus, not a good process. Being sold into slavery to Egypt and spending, they estimated, 
between 13 and 17 years in prison for Joseph. Not a good process, but the outcome, the outcome is what we need to focus on, is the transitioning of the thing from bad to good. And when you do, you're able to cope with the situation as you are waiting for things to transition from bad to good. And when you go from bad to good, let me tell you something. There's growth that occurs inside of you and you're able to handle the challenges of life. One of the great things about being able to handle the challenges of life is the character strength that comes. And that character strength just enables you to cope with, with, with aversive things that you are gonna go through that are ahead of you. And you'll always go through aversive things because we live in an aversive fallen world. Just aversive, unpleasant things. We are gonna go through unpleasant things because we live in an unpleasant world, but God causes those unpleasant things to work out and come out to have a pleasant outcome. We're gonna pray. Father, Lord God, give me the grace to know to know that all things work together for good. To know that all things work together for good. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you. Father, I praise your holy name. Father, I pray, Lord God, that you will give me the grace, that you will give me the grace to know to know that all things work together for good, to know before I even get into the thing, not after I get out of it, to know. You know, there's a great power in knowing. I'm gonna pray a few versions of that. There's a great power in knowing. You know, there's a great movie, two giants of the screen, called The Fugitive, Tommy Lee Jones and Harrison Ford, right? In the beginning, you know the most profound part of that, that movie, two profound parts, don't get me wrong, it was brilliant. There's a part close to the beginning where Harrison Ford has stolen an ambulance, right? He's accused of killing his wife, stolen an ambulance. He's in this drainage system of this dam, right? And he's got Tommy Lee Jones's gun. And he says this, he says, I didn't kill my wife. And Tommy, it's powerful. If you understand how to interpret movies and relationships, you'll understand that that was a pivotal moment in that movie. He says, I didn't kill my wife. You know what Tommy Lee Jones says to him? I don't care. And, and that's right. Tommy Lee Jones is a US Marshal. He supposed U.S. Marshals catch people. They don't try them. They don't convict them. Then the next part of this movie, Harrison Ford has found out now it's a friend who is a doctor called Dr. Nichols who's trying to set him up, right? Because 
this guy is trying to fudge the results on research so he can get a drug approved. And he kills Harrison Ford's wife to get him out of the way. And at the end, they're in this hotel and Harrison Ford is trapped in this laundry. He's killed a cop, so the, he hasn't killed a cop. The Chicago police think he's killed a cop. And Tommy Lee Jones is trying to save him. Now, in fact, the police, the Chicago PD said, he's going down. Tommy Lee Jones said, that's my man. And he says to Harrison Ford, when he's trying to get him to come out, he said, he doesn't even call him Dr. Kimball anymore. He says, Richard, I know you're innocent. Harrison Ford, that is the pivotal part of that movie. You know why? Harrison Ford almost collapses. You know what he needs? He needs to know that someone believes him. He needs to know. You see that part, those two parts, they connect the entire movie. He needs to know. And as Tommy Lee Jones is after, he realizes he's innocent. When Harrison Ford hears that, his face changes completely. We need to know. When you're in a problem, you need to know. You need to know. This is why this is so profound. And we know, no, you don't need to know when you come out of it. You need to know before you go into it. You need to know before you go into it. I'm going to say this. If, if Tommy Lee Jones would have said to him in that drainage system, I know there would have been so much less distress. And that movie is brilliant. I'm telling you, in terms of chasing him and everything that Harrison Ford goes to, he needs it. But at the end, he said, Richard, I know you're innocent. Just look at Harrison's face. You could just see. He needs to know. You know it. That all things work together for good. I'm telling you, it's going to make a difference how you go through this problem that you face. It's very important. If you say to yourself, whatever you're in, I know, I know this is going to work out together for good. And, and finish, it's like you're not even going through anything once you know. No, it's no good knowing at the back end. Unbelievers know at the back end. Clearly, it's over. No, you need to know. You need to know before the outcome. You know, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, they knew our God is able to save us, but even if he doesn't, Paul was beheaded by Nero. What did he say? There's a crown of righteousness laid up for me. Yeah, that's why I said this is nonsense, this whole idea of you will only know about heaven when you get there. Anybody who preaches that is preaching a gospel from the pit of hell. No, you know, is when do you get saved? When you get to heaven? No, when you believe. When you believe, you need to know this is what will change your life in coping, folks. I would never lie to anybody about the gospel. Believe me. What God has done for me, what God has done for me, this is why I'm bold in the God. This is why I always speak the truth. doesn't matter about my life. What God has done for me, 
parents couldn't do. Trust me, I will never, ever, ever, ever lie to anybody about the God. I know this thing. I bank on it. That's why I say the politics is stupidity. The people who are preaching it, stupidity. They're going nowhere. I'm telling you, this is it. Knowing, really, knowing that this thing is real. And this thing, not only for here, but transitions us into eternity. Really, the other stuff is nonsense. Two big political pundits on two big sides of the news were fired this week. Were fired this week. It's nonsense, folks. This goes on forever. Really, this goes on. You need to know. Here's the prayer. Here's the prayer point. Is Lord God. Give me the grace to truly know the reality of the outcome before I see it in everything I go through. Make that a part of my experience before I have my experience. In Jesus' name, let's pray. Father, I just thank you. I praise your holy name. I pray that you, Lord God, would make me knowing that everything works together for good as part of my experience before I experience it, Lord God. I know that Paul experienced it before he experienced it, before he saw it, Lord God. Let that be a part of me. Let that be my ability to cope, Lord God, that I know before I go through it, Lord. I ask in Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to do a caring call. I'm going to pass it back to uh, Sandy. And I want a few people, as many people as possible, talk about it. This is important because this should change our everyday reality. You can put this into action right now. Right now, as soon as we get off this line, Father Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know you shed your precious blood. I know, Lord God, that you shed your precious blood. I accept you into my heart as my Lord and Savior. Lord God, give me the grace, Lord God, to know that whatever I go through now, Lord God, is to make me more like you, Father, to know, Lord God, that once my work is done, I will be joining you in eternity, Lord God, to know I can preach that to others and bring them into your family, Lord God, and to know that one day, Father, when this is all over, that we will all be a family in eternity, for all eternity, in Jesus' name, amen. Okay.